Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network, presented to you by BetMGM. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me on this Tuesday night is my friend Nick Martin. Nick, uh, every playoff series is still ongoing. Uh, The New York Islanders were the first team to face elimination on Tuesday night, they won 3-2 in Carolina to keep that series going. They'll play again on Friday night on Long Island. Uh, but that game won't make our docket. We've got five to talk about on Wednesday and Thursday. Then we'll reconvene on Thursday, my birthday. So the Islanders don't play on my birthday in the playoffs this year, which was nice because the last really, I think the last time they played on my birthday in the playoffs was game seven against your Washington Capitals and Boy, was that a oh, that was heart. a terrible effort in a two one loss, um, and after the game, you know, I went to my parents' house to watch the game, have a dinner, birthday dinner with my family, and right after the game ended, my mom walked over to me and just said, "I hope this didn't ruin your birthday." It did. Uh, let's talk about the Florida Panthers and Boston Bruins first Wednesday night game. Florida faces elimination, down three one in the series, two to one underdogs in Beantown, Boston minus two forty over under six. The Bruins are going to likely get Patrice Bergeron back in this game. It's not confirmed yet. So this number could still go up uh, on Boston when that news comes out. Though the Panthers have they played fine. Like they you could make an argument that maybe deserve a little bit better than a 3-1 scoreline. Uh basically every team that was down 3-1 can can make that argument. And Florida certainly can. Uh, so if if I was to play a side here, it'd be Florida. Uh, because I just think that they're they're going to be live at, at prices like this. I tend to agree with you, but it almost feels like one where we're trained to look at it with that like that eye, and I I just don't know if I see it before the series. The exact prediction of this show, we said scrappy gentlemen's sweep, and I think that is 
literally exactly what this is about to be where we we just said like you know the panthers were pretty good they probably it feels like they could have won more games but no one ever wins more games versus the burns you just don't they just they find a way every single time their goalies are better than your goalies they're seemingly clutch in the big moments if you rate yeah. that as a thing and uh penalty kills i mean amazing. defensively too they're they're six defense right now compared to the panthers it's just right night and day some of those guys are really struggling i think so it's been a competitive series it could definitely be 2-2 but i feel like i think the burns are going to close it out on home ice seattle and colorado next up that'll be the late game once what's that i'll throw that final in there though i don't know if i'm saying that isn't i want to bet it minus 240 it seems like it's just kind of one of those ugly games betting wise yeah like i said it, it for me if i I had to make a pick. It would be Panthers, but uh, I'll probably pass on that one as well. I I will play Seattle though. I think as a plus one fifty five underdog in Colorado, as minus one eighty. Seattle's already taken some money. I still think the number's fine. Over unders five and a half. The reason they took more money was Kale McCarr's suspension uh, was confirmed. One game for him. They already without Fallon the Chushkin, who's out away from the team on a personal matter. Those are two really important players. And I know Colorado has played shorthanded all season. McCarr's missed time. McKinnon's missed time. Landis Cog's missed the entire season. Natrushkin's missed time. Lekkinen's missed time. Everyone's missed time for this team. But Seattle is really giving Colorado a lot to think about every night. You look at the underlying metrics, it's basically a dead heat. So at five on five, the Kraken are skating with Colorado. The job gets a little bit easier without Makar and Nechuskin. It comes down to can Seattle just limit the mistakes, stay out of the penalty box. They've done a good job of it so far, and the goaltending has basically been a wash between Georgiev and Grubauer. So I think Seattle's live at this price. Uh, road teams have been really good the past uh, throughout this first round, and wouldn't be surprised if the Kraken continue that trend. Yeah, I agree. I, I got on the Kraken today. I think this was a good example. It's probably, you know, smart to assume that McCarr was getting one game. To me, it felt like the debate was probably between one and two games was like, you know, I don't know. It's always hard to say with the player safety, but it seemed like it was going to be hard for him to fade, you know, missing at all, which is kind of a good tip. I think betting wise, it seems like odds makers. That's another hockey thing they don't think about is potential suspensions. It happened last year. I remember it was whatever game Matthews was playing after his hit, everybody knew he was getting games. And then once there was official announcement, the line moved 15 cents within like an hour. And I, I feel like it's the same kind of thing today. So something to note there. And I fully agree. Seattle's playing really, really well. And it's it's pretty much just been Ken, McC- Ken McKinnon and Rantanen and McCarr when he was there, obviously, find a way to hide the rest of the flaws in the roster right now. There aren't a lot of strengths. And I, I should actually throw Taves out there. Obviously, he's been insane. But there's just the depth of Seattle is really causing problems. That takes a hit with McCann. But yeah, I, I think you made a pretty good case to me. It just feels like Seattle's really, really live. At worst, I think there's no value betting on Colorado in this game. That just didn't sound fun to me at this price at all. Uh, Tampa Bay and Toronto now will flip to Thursday night. Uh, the Bolts blew a 4-1 lead on Monday night after uh, blowing a late lead on Saturday night. You could make the argument, once again, that the, the team down 3-1 deserves better, but the 
credit to the Leafs and and uh, Austin Matthews for his performance on Monday night. The series now shifts back to Toronto with the Leafs up three one. The over under six and a half. Uh, Toronto's a minus one fifty five favorite. This does seem like a situational spot where you, the Tampa Bay just uh, it might have emptied the tank. Like they gave the Leafs their best punch, I think, uh, in those two games in Florida. I mean, no no NHL team is just going to roll over and just you know let you skate down the ice and put the puck in the net, get the game over with. Uh, but it does feel like a a surge start from Toronto is probably likely, and I don't know if the the Bolts will just be able to cope with it. So I I don't mind like looking at Toronto in a in a route here or minus one and a half, minus like two and a half. I th- I think this game could could fly off the rails in the Leafs' favor. Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely wouldn't want to just get involved with a regular Leafs money line before the game. Like we've seen these spots from them. For me, it just feels like one where do you need to bet it at minus one fifty five? Like maybe not. I was I, I kind of was trying to figure out a way to suggest like backing the Leafs because it could just be such a boost if they win this game. But having Boston next round sucks too. So I didn't really see much value when I looked at their con Smythe and their uh cup outright so and i think if you're gonna bet tampa bet the series or bet them with the plan of the leafs choke and i don't really think that's complicated or or unpopular advice because everyone knows i think i've seen 20 different leafs people saying they've got the emotional hedge in place with the series price at 10 to 1 and i respect that because you know it's one of those things and i think this happens a lot like 3-1 feels so hard and it is obviously so tough but there are a lot of these spots where it feels like a team loses one and all of a sudden they're so on the rails. Like if Toronto lost this game at home and those two games like Toronto, they had the clutch moments, I guess, but we often get that so confused with like puck luck, I think too. And a lot of what Toronto did was really good, but there's still a lot of moments where they just needed Tampa not to finish a chance. And that yeah. happened. And then they're doing a great job generating that front presence, which is not something we've always said about the Leafs. Or, and, and those are typically the intangibles they're kind of not known to have but it also still seems like this is crazy the amount of point shots just flying in and I know everyone's talking about how you know Derek Lalonde leaked that that's something they knew about Vazzy I'm sure Toronto knew that before he said that but to me it just feels like one of these things where now we're hearing all the narratives that everybody said Toronto couldn't do working in their favor mainly just because they've gotten a lot better puck luck like I think that's a big part of it you know, I'm a big component of like playoff hockey is harder to control your destiny than people think and kind of the opposite. And I really thought that was the case in Tampa because I thought Toronto was pretty dead to rights. Like once you're already in that situation, if Tampa does the right things, you you probably should lose the game, right? So for me, it just felt like they're getting the breaks they've never gotten before. And it's funny seeing like the reverse takes of it because I thought last year Toronto played Tampa so well which was a big argument as like why I was so pro Leafs this season because I didn't actually think they choked in the playoffs I thought they played pretty good last playoff and now it's like everyone thinks they have all the playoff intangibles everyone thinks everything is being done so right and it's hard to say I thought there were some pretty awful moments defensively in those two games in in Tampa for sure that's the concern here so the the 3-1 deficit you just brought up i think is i can tell you how daunting it feels like the past two days since the islanders lost game 5 i'm just like it's imp- has 
no team in NHL history has ever come back from a deficit like this. I don't care what anyone tells me. It just feels so daunting. Uh, but then when you do break it into just one game at a time, like when, when the puck dropped tonight, I was like, the Islanders just need to win this game. Cause then all of a sudden you, you get it back home. You get, even you get, you get a lead or whatever you win that game. The pressure just really piles up on, on the team that is in that spot. Uh, so now the Islanders have a chance to, to truly put some pressure on Carolina. Of course, it sounds obvious in the game seven, but when you blow, when you're up three, one and, and it gets back to a game seven, it, it becomes even more immense. So I, do see the uh, logic in in like either like a bolts rollover parlay or uh, just to bet the, the the series line rather than go there. But I, I'm just having a t- tough time imagining them playing better. It feels like this has to be it for Toronto. Yeah, I just can't see them I playing just... better. Like they played. I I I. It's you know what's really funny is we talked so much about how nobody thought everyone was saying like this the, the lightning just won't be able to flip the switch that it became like a cliche hockey cliche and uh they, they just they look so ordinary going down the stretch and then they i've watched a pretty good amount of tampa bay lightning hockey this season i feel like this is maybe the best they've played since i think it is november yeah. and i think but that's the thing is like even their the pro tampa people were saying that that was your case was like they're gonna have another level because everyone yeah. knew they've been looking like garbage so yeah they, they look terrible but like, i when when you're when you're i'm surprised with how high the level is i thought that level was going to be they can hang with the leaves i didn't think it was going to be that they'd play as well as they have and uh, obviously the score series scoreline doesn't say that uh and, and there's gonna be a lot of talk about vasilevsky i don't know how many of the goals you can just outright that's pin exactly, on that's and that's exactly what i thought last year too and he did dial it in in the big moments last year but I thought when his numbers were bad entering game six, that that was a big part of the story. It was just that Toronto was creating looks that were should be goals. Yeah. And I think that's been a lot of the story this year. Even the point shots that are becoming a big story. There's been really good screens. Like, would people be talking about it so much if there was just one or two of them? Like, to me, it just seems like it's just that so many of those big goals in the two games in Tampa were goals like that, yeah. that it became a story. But in like one-offs i don't know if people would ever watch those and be like oh this goalie screwed this up yep. maybe not like yeah, it seemed no. like there's ones that were hard to track and and then obviously the overtime winner is a tip in from the point like whoever argues that that's the goalie's fault hockey betting season is here so get in on the action with the king of sports books sign up with betmgm using bonus code action and get up to one thousand dollars paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. 
In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, or any other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Uh, all right. Also, Thursday night, Rangers and Devils. Uh, this one has become quite interesting. I really thought I was looking good with my under five and a half games bet. Anybody would have thought of that, I guess, after the Rangers took two on the road to start the series. And now it's just back to Jersey at 2-2. The Rangers plus 105. The Devils minus 125. The over-unders five and a half. The other thing I said, which I think was this time was actually correct, was that the Devils have kind of flipped a script here where the under is correlated to the Devils performing well which is not what i expected to say and that bared out in game four with the devils winning a 3-1 game i believe they got the empty netter um and they played well again like this is <laughs> i mean jonas egenthaler who was a healthy scratch in game two was it was the best player on the ice which is just how hilarious you know what's funny is lindy ruff will get if the devils win the series like lindy ruff will get credit for for scratching him in game two instead of pissing away a game yeah um he was great that the Devils seemed to have I've, I've said this to you before I've said it to other people the Rangers really remind me of Real Madrid as a soccer like the soccer team they've got a lot of star stars but they don't play a, a style of game where you'd expect a team with that kind of talent to play like when, when you usually say oh they got a ton of offensive talent they probably fly up and down the ice and trade chances back and forth high event high event but the rangers are like real madrid because they they kind of just sit back and wait for you to invite them into the game um and if you don't do that if you if you play a more if you kind of do the same thing as them it's like no like you guys will wait for you to open up the game for us you make a mistake it becomes difficult for them it seems like the devils have kind of shifted their method a little bit to instead of betting on themselves in a back and forth affair they're betting on themselves to play the Rangers game yeah, in a way. And it's working. Now can they keep, keep that up on home ice? I don't know. I think this line looks right. Plus 105 on the Rangers. Devils minus 125. It's about where it was for games one and two. So it'll be a pass here for me. But I will say, if, you think, if you're thinking about the under, I would maybe think about like a under and Devils same game parlay. Yeah, and the opposite. I, I, if you like the rain, if you like the over, I think you'd bet the Rangers in it. Yeah, I thought that the line looked pretty sharp. Maybe even lean Rangers. To me, like I think the interesting thing we it was very clear, like in games, especially game one, that the Devils beat themselves. Like that was like the closest thing you probably will see to a choke, where it was just like this team didn't didn't make them earn it, didn't do the right things. They were just not making plays that should be made at by an elite team in the NHL playoffs. So I, yeah, it, it feels to me like it's just going to be super close. I, if, if anything, the Rangers seem like they could pick up their level a little bit and have some, Stop a little more tank with some adjustments. Yeah, for sure. That's a big part of it too. Cause and I you talked about, think... you talked about coming into the series, 
how you were just blown away that the Rangers weren't better on the power play with the guys they had. And then they were lights out on the power play, but all the goals were happening the same way, which was Chris Kreider just getting a tip in front. And the Devils closed that door because if someone scores four power play goals on you, you might want to mark him. Uh, and now it's forcing the Rangers to adjust a bit. And the kid line hasn't looked great. Kane, net negative. So Yeah, that's the thing is like everyone... The Kane thing's so interesting because, like, this is kind of exactly how, like, I think the more neutral people like me thought it was going to be. Like, you yep. knew that there was going to be moments where he shined and came up with some huge goals. And then there was always going to be the argument that the Devils had more, like, stronger two-way forwards that were going to make more of a difference at even strength, ultimately. And that's kind of, you know, become a bit of the case. I don't think Kane's been the biggest problem at all. Like, I wouldn't say no, that. No, he's not causing them to lose. It's just not dominating at five and five. Like he's he's almost think, like uh, they should play him like almost how you would play a uh, Eric Bolton type player in in back yeah. in the day, like an enforcer. Like give him like his eight minutes and just play him on the power. Well, on, play. on the it, yeah, I I think the biggest letdown is Zabinajad. Yeah, like I can't believe his you know he hasn't looked very involved. I took his shot prop the other night and I was pretty let down because it was like just he's just one of those guys when you see like two and a half for a decent number in a big spot it's like this guy's not gonna get up i feel like i'll probably end up playing it tomorrow i just keep thinking he's due to break through and the, like the number's getting low for what it was he was great last playoff so i wonder if he's gonna be somewhat of an x factor in game five to keep an eye on but i mean it's not like he showed us that and i hate to do these kind of guys do bets i feel like i i watched every rangers playoff game last year and i didn't see him take a shot that didn't end up in the back of the net yeah, it's like like they should be trying, especially, you know, it's on the power play. It's so hard to take everything away. Like Fox has a really good shot from the point or like a maybe not a really good shot. He's like Brent Burns. Shot. He's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brent, like something really good to play for yeah. the forwards. And they're good at finding him through the seam. So it just feels maybe like a, a Mika goal is coming or something where they, they got to find a way to just get him set up over there. Yeah, the Devils will con- have continued to kind of play with... Uh with fire too they're not they haven't been clean in terms of penalties taken and they're taking them at bad times so ryan graves took a a terrible penalty with like what six minutes left in a in a tight game uh at the garden and it's so and the rangers will get their chances they draw penalties so yeah i think an interesting one too like if we're gonna talk coaching and uh you know usage I still think Luke Hughes should have gotten games. He's so good. I look at Ball. He's had a pretty good series, I guess. His, his game games, three and game four. Three and four yeah. Yeah. Game four was really good from him. It's just so hard for me to imagine Luke Hughes not coming in and, and being useful. I, I think that's like something I want to watch for moving forward for the Devils. These NCAA guys, if you're a top player in that league, it seems like you can come in and, and play in the NHL pretty effectively. All right. Uh, we'll wrap up with Jets and Knights. Uh, Winnipeg plus 150, Vegas minus 175, over-unders five and a half. Man, you got to feel for Winnipeg. I don't want to say that they deserve a better fate in the, the series scoreline because the power play has really been bailing them out and I think they're like clipping at 40 some percent but you lose josh Mo- josh morrissey you lose nick ehlers and you lose uh mark shifley you're already without cole perfetti yikes 
uh, they're, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where you could see the kind kind of a, a an empty, the tank performance out of Winnipeg and they got the goalie still like that. That advantage is still bettable. I think when they're at this price, when you consider the two, the two goalies that are battling Hellebuck hasn't been all that great yet, but it's tough. I, I would play either Winnipeg or pass it, but I just feel for him. Yeah. I kind of think it seems like the, uh, Knights have taken over. I, I I almost like the Knights in regulation here at this number, but we'll see what the lineup looks like too. Shifley might go, it sounds like. But the Jets really transitioned quickly from being a really trendy underdog who had an unreal game one performance to just kind of getting outplayed. They play, and ice. they played well in game two until, what, the 12 minutes left? Right, the and then, third? yeah, like the Morris injury is so bad. Right. Um, that was... One of those ones where it's just like you could argue he's, I mean, he's probably the most important player on the team. So it's just, and the most important player than like guys on a lot of teams, I think, where it's, you almost don't think of how good he is until you see him out for that team. And then it's just like such a hole. They don't have, and that's part of it is they just don't have the guys. Like I think Neil Pionk did all right, but. It's just one of those things that wins above replacement value just keeps getting worse and worse. It's not like some of these teams where they have just a bunch of guys who aren't that much worse to step in and play those minutes. It feels like they're getting spread out on some yeah. fairly poor defenders. Some tough breaks for the Jets. Do we get All to right, talk uh, boys? Yeah. What's that? Do we get to talk Isles Canes? I figured we'd talk about him on Thursday night. Um, but if you want, we oh, can. Great. No, that's okay. If you want to give some, I just some, wanted to make sure we didn't some quick thoughts, you guys. No, I was just the only one we got to remember to put in here. You know, I'm not a big trends guy, but I do think this one's interesting. The game seven road teams are crushing by odds, like in terms of profitability, they've been crushing for years. So that's one that we're going to have to remember to put on this series and hopefully with the, the Islanders because I believe in them. You believe in them? Six. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I probably won't bet them in game six, but. They're minus 120 getting on right the now. Game seven train. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do minus 120, but we'll 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 talk more about Isles on Thursday night. But I will say that I think should this game go seven, go the distance, this probably will be the worst game they play, and they won it. So they were. They're due. I mean, it's been a such a close series. It's been the scoreline's pretty damn fair now. I'd say it probably is. Yeah, exactly no, I think so too. I, I I felt I said that right as as the game ended. I was like, I'm just happy right now. I'm I'm of course I'm elated that they won, but I'm also happy that I feel like justified a little bit with with how I I know Brent, Rod Brendan Moore was complaining about the Hurricanes getting no bounces uh, tonight. He's a bit of a complainer though. Yeah, but the, I don't the, think the, anyone reacts to any penalty his team will ever get. Than Rod Brendamore, just freaking out on the bench. But I, I will say that the Islanders were lucky to win tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to for admit sure. it. But, but they deserve the split. But they deserve the first two games yeah. in yeah. Carolina. Yeah, exactly. First, the ones in New York, a split was obviously fair because yeah. Game Four was a very clear Mess. Carolina night. Yeah. So here we go. Friday night, UBS Arena. I'll be there with. Uh, Is the scorekeeper going to count all the shots if I bet on shot props? I, I mean, I can, can, you I, I, a, I can and... tell you. So it was funny. I thought about you, and we'll close on this little anecdote. Um, for game three, uh, the Islanders, it took a little bit of time for them to get going. And you know, during the intermission, I was just kind of collecting myself uh, as it was uh, still nil-nil. And um, 
I just watched the scoreboard as I was, I was just like I was watching for like the 50 50 or something and I watched the scoreboard and I just watched the 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 shot counter just go back and forth as teams were getting and taking shots away and I was like I bet you I'm convinced every I got one of those shots Horvat shot in that everyone game I watched the replay there's a big scrum and he took a shot the one that trickled to the line if you remember is late in the second it trickled to the line and it it I think it maybe hit the pile a little bit but it was his shot and it was going to go in the net so I'm like, how is that not a shot on goal? Anyways, you're gonna have to launch an investigation. Here. Just keep in mind, you you know, UBS seems like one of the arenas I'm starting to hate. Everyone knows these guys have a bit of a rep. The one in San Jose, the guy's a joke. I can't bet San Jose shot props anymore. <laughs> and then the opposite in Florida, everyone loves betting Florida shot props because the guy's pretty liberal. And the irony here is that the where my tickets are for UBS, the guy that I sit next to is an old timer and he, he used to be the, uh, the scorekeeper at NASA Coliseum when the Islanders were there that he retired and he just does like the fire department FDNY games. Uh, cause he got quote unquote phased out. So <laughs> yeah, phased <laughs> that's out actually hilarious. That yeah. Aren't sure how to count. Uh, anyways. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk aisles and whatever uh, other games, uh, through the weekend as best we can on Thursday night. And until then, uh, for Nick Martin, I'm Michael Leboff. Best of luck with all your bets Wednesday and Thursday. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.